At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Joining me on the Three Down Nation podcast, I'm absolutely stoked to have David Winter, no, not the season, the man, the president, co-founder, lead developer of Canuck Clay, and of course, the quarterback of Doug Flutie's Maximum Football. David, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. It's, it's always fun to talk about the game. Certainly. And I'm really interested to see and get my hands on the 2020 version because it looks like it's popping. But first with you, I want to go all the way back to the start because I think it's important for people to realize how far the game has come and what's going on behind it. So if you can take me back to literal day one when you decided to start the game, how did that come about? Well, Maximum Football has kind of had two different lives. Um, The original Maximum Football started way back in about 2004 when I was interested in making um, a a football game for for the PC desktop. And the goal was to allow the game to play full Canadian rules the three downs, the 12 men, the 22nd clock, all those things, the, 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 the 100, uh, 110-yard field, all those things, and just play football like your normal behind-the-quarterback type gameplay experience that you see in other titles, but it would support Canadian football. And I also built the game to allow it to be easily swappable between different rule sets, So you had Canadian football, you had U.S. pro football, you had U.S. college football, there was high school football, there was even indoor football with a 50-yard field and the sideboards and the nets and the whole bit. And you could play all that in one game. Um, One of the big challenges with that was that this, this all predates the whole commercial game engine era. So the Unity game engine, the Unreal game engine, uh, Lumberyard, all those game engines that are commercially available now didn't exist at the time. Uh, Unreal existed, but it was a huge per seat license cost. And so it really wasn't practical. So the first thing I had to do to create the game was actually build my own game engine, 
So how to load 3D models and how to draw pictures on screen and an animation system and all those things. And then I built the football game on top of that. Uh, it it uh, launched in 2005. And then there was a second edition uh, came out in 2007 that had a few other things. It included a full franchise mode where you could draft players and manage teams and do all those things, as well as full customizations. You could create your own uniforms and that sort of stuff, own players, roster editing, all that thing. And, and it, was, it ran on the PC, and, and I did that for a couple of years. Um, then around 2005, uh, Electronic Arts came knocking on my door and said, hey, you know, you've got a passion for football games and we'd really be interested in, in having you work at EA. Um, it, took, it took three or four months of, of sort of negotiating my role and contracts and that sort of thing. But then for the next uh, five years, I was the producer for EA Sports Online and I was responsible for all the online feature sets for all of the sports titles. Um, FIFA and Madden and NHL and, and others. Uh, so things like the EA Sports Hockey League was, was my design, came out of my desk. Um, other things like Madden franchise, stuff like that, I had a big role in. Uh, I left EA in 2010 and uh, went to work for a small studio on the East Coast. Uh, spent some time in Montreal working at a big studio in Montreal. And now I'm here in, in Peterborough and when I arrived in Peterborough, I was trying to figure out, you know, what am I, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> and and I, I realized that there were some new technologies on the market with the Unity game engine and that sort of thing. And, and what could I do with those new tools? Uh, so I started playing around with the Unity game engine. I reached out to a former EA colleague of mine that was now working at, at Microsoft and said, Hey, you know, what would be, what, what's really involved in getting a game onto the Xbox one? I mean, what, what does Microsoft look for in a studio and a product and, and what, a, what could I do to, to bring a title to the Xbox? And she came back right away and said, well, it's, it's, it's really easy. We just, you just submit a proposal and we vet it and, and, you know, because I knew her and she knew my background, there was a little bit of a, of a helper there. Um, Microsoft came back uh, reasonably quickly and said, yes, we, we'd love to, we, we think your idea for a, a, a new competitive football title with all these extra things makes, is, is, is interest. Um, it, 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 because it included Canadian rules and they'd never had something that was specifically Canadian before on their, on their platform. They thought that was interesting. So they, um, they brought me on board as a development partner and, and provided me with tools to help me get started. And, and uh, now that was in 2016. And so now here we are 2020 and we're on multiple platforms and we've had four or five editions and the game is growing and we've got a big fan base now. And, so yeah, it's been, uh, there, was a, there was a bit of a, a start in 2005, but we were able to make a go of it um, since 2016. So that's sort of the short story of a long story. It's important, I feel like, for people to know that you're literally the only full-time coder and you wrote the first line of code, obviously, 
for the gain. So in terms of what a lot of people might like to do, and to me, it's kind of lazy. You look at the Madden title and how flashy it is, obviously, and they have the NFL license. What's the difference there compared to the amount of people that are working on Madden versus Doug Flutie's maximum football? Well, the biggest thing is budget. I mean, you can you can literally narrow it down to dollars. Uh, Madden's budget is is eight figures. So just just put eight figures on a piece of paper, and that's how big their budget is. Uh, Maximum Football's budget is six figures. So you know that's the biggest difference. Uh, you know, basically, Mad, uh, Maximum Football was built with a budget that is a reasonable salary for one person nowadays. Whereas Madden's, they've got, you know, 60, 70 people working on it, developers and marketing people, and they've got a legal team and they've got a licensing team and they have, they have people who do nothing but specialize in making rain in the game, right? So uh, whereas Maximum Football, it's done entirely by me. I write all the code. Um, we do have a uh, part-time UI specialist who helps design the the uh, the user interface for the game and and the PNGs that make up the button textures and that sort of thing, um, but in terms of the on field gameplay stuff, that's that's all me. I've I wrote all that code. Um, I've I worked with a 3D modeler to do the player models, uh, but all the stadiums I created myself. So you uh, behind me there, you got my version of Hamilton, and that's uh, that's 3D artwork that I created myself. And, and yeah, it's been really, that's really the difference is, is, you know, Madden is made with a, with a multi, multi-million dollar budget with a gigantic studio, the size of a campus and hundreds of people. And Maxim Football started a couple of years ago in my basement. So, yeah. You have one guy making an entire football game versus you said at Madden, there's one person just making focused on making the rain. Yes. <laughs> If That's, that put, doesn't put it in perspective, I don't know what does, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a born and bred Canadian. You started your life on Vancouver Island and have been across the country. You mentioned earlier, yep. settled in Peterborough. Have you been a fan of the CFL? And was that the impetus to get the Canadian rules in the game yeah. and part of the reason why Doug Flutie is on the cover? So, yes, uh, I grew up on CFL football. Um, my, I suppose my... The, the formative years when, when people sort of acquire allegiances to teams, I was living in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan at the time, and my dad took me to a Riders game out there. And it was the very, very first sporting event I'd ever attended. And it was, it was October, and it was a rainy, rainy, miserable day. And, and Edmonton was kicking their backsides up and down the field. And... And this was this was the John Huffnagel, JJ Barnesnagel era of Rough Rider football, and and as you know, the Riders were were crushed that day. But it stuck. I mean, literally, I felt my blood turn green, and 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 that's that was that's what got me into football in general, but specifically Canadian football. Um, I, uh, my eldest sister became a, a writer's cheerleader while, while we were out there. Um, I played, uh, football through high school and eventually, uh, I'm not 
the world's biggest guy and and eventually all the other guys in in my team just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and I sort of stayed really small and I thought well this is not going to be healthy so I decided <laughs> that I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't keep up on the field anymore and so I took my interests from but I, so I couldn't keep playing on the field but I wanted to stay involved in the sport so I took my interests of making, uh, writing computer code, um, which, you know, back then was Commodore 64 stuff and football. And I sort of tried to to put them together and I've been trying to put them together now for, for a couple of decades. Um, but, but it is something that I feel is a big part of Canadiana. I mean, we are, the only country in the world that plays this version of the sport, which I think is, is the, you know, my opinion, I think it's the better version of the sport. Um, and, and I think it's something that we should be uh, sort of trying to grow. And, and if we can get more people interested in the sport and gridiron football in general uh, in this country, I think that's a good thing. And if we can get people exposed to the three down version, that are playing the four down version in other places, that's also a good thing. So hopefully with maximum football, you know, somebody, somebody may buy it for the traditional college four down experience, but the three down version is right there with a click of a button. And if they give it a shot and, and like it, then, you know, I've kind of done my job. What did it mean to have Doug Flutie, included on the cover of maximum football because like you said he sort of encompasses all those ideas was a star at boston college won the heisman trophy everyone knows what he did in the cfl multiple time mlp and Grey cup winner and also successful in the nfl but what did it mean to you in the game overall to have him commit and say yeah i'll be the cover the face of it well it was a bit of an aligning of the stars um in 2018, I was still doing everything on the game myself. I had I had no business partners. I had I had no other developers. It was all 100% me trying to get this thing off the ground. And then I was approached uh, by um, a fellow in Hamilton named Eric Spiran, and and he really enjoyed what I was doing. He could see the vision. He wanted to get involved. He had a real strong passion for sports games, football games in particular. And we decided that, you know, we would, we would bring his talents for, for business development along with my skill set of building things. And, and just after uh, Maximum Football 18 was launched, in fact, that very same day, we sat down and thought, well, you know, what can we really do to grow this? I mean, how do we how do we get some more attention to the game so that we can generate some more revenue so we can grow the team and we can start growing this out to a bigger thing that we envision. And one of the things that we thought about was, well, we need a brand ambassador. I mean, if you look at other titles, even past titles like Joe Montana football and, and, you know, Wayne Gretzky hockey, well, they had a brand ambassador by putting an athlete's name on the box. And we thought, well, who better than Doug Flutie to be that brand ambassador, given that the game is, is college, Canadian, U.S. pro. It, it has all those things that he excelled at for so many years. And, and so he was always our number one choice. We, we had, you know, 
B and C options, but Doug was always our, our A option. Eric reached out to his agent and Doug was, uh, he and his agent were, were trying to figure out how do we get Doug into the digital space? What, what can we do to, to get him into gaming or apps or whatever else? And so we approached him just as they were starting to think about what could they do to get into that space. And it was so it was just a perfect alignment of the stars and and we brought Doug on and and it's been it's 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 been exactly what we've been looking for since then. So it worked out for everybody, I think. It seems like a perfect synergy. Now the journalist in me has to ask you, who are the B and C options? No. <laughs> no, no. I had to ask you, had to go there. I think a lot of people listening, watching, and tuning in will be curious because I think the conversation around Doug Flutie will want people to know or at least ask the question, well, how come the Canadian Football League hasn't jumped on board? Have you gone down that avenue or even with Canadian Universities Football, football which right. formerly known as the CIS or U Sports, yeah. has there been any back and forth there in terms of a potential licensing agreement to make it so it's – covering all the levels of Canadian football? Well, we, uh, um, we did have conversations with the CFL in 2016. Uh, I met with their marketing director at the time, and they had a very different vision of what they wanted for a video game. Uh, they were looking for something that was more about exposing the brand to uh, smaller, smaller kids with a more arcadey sort of presentation uh, and less about the actual sport. Whereas what Maximum Football is all about is trying to get as close to the sport as possible. Um, and, and they just didn't share that same vision of, you know, of, of what we were trying to do versus what they wanted to do. I mean, the, the, the thing that they were looking at was very much about um, getting logos in the game and, and having a very, very simplistic three-on-three -three, uh, arcade experience. And I'm spending time trying to get cover two coverage correct. You know, I'm worried on, you know, how, where does the linebacker shift in, in this formation and stuff like that, right? that wasn't really what they were looking for. Um, so, so that was the last time we spoke to them was in 2016. And, and um, we've, we've had a lot of people say, you know, Hey, I've got this great idea. Why don't you talk to the CFL? We have, <laughs> but so far, you know, nothing has really come of that. And of course now in 2020, they have much bigger fish to fry than, than a video game. There's, there's a lot going on in the world that they're trying to get through. And I, I'm pretty sure that a video game is not their number one worry right now. Um, in terms of the CIS, we, we did actually have very lengthy conversations with CIS U Sport. Um, we, Eric and I were having uh, conversations with the NCAA. We were really very interested in having a full on NCAA license and we were speaking to them and we were going through the legal process and, and these things. And the NCAA finally came back and said, you know what, we, we still maintain our position that video games are too high risk for the NCAA branding. Um, they ran into some legal issues a few years ago, which is why there is no NCAA football game on the market right now. 
So we tried to sort of stoke those flames and see if we could do something. Um, and they just came back and said, no, we, we still have the same position. Uh, U-Sport, CIS, we were speaking to them at the same time. And um, they, they more or less came back with the same answer. Uh, they had about half the teams involved in, in that organization want to be in the game. And then another half said, no, 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 it's just too legally dangerous to, to be involved in a video game uh, with amateur athletes. So with only half the teams on board, it, it didn't make any sense to, to have CAS because you'd have half real and half fictional and it just didn't make any sense. So um, the, the CAS sort of took the same approach as the NCAA. Uh, it's kind of high risk and, and probably not the best idea. And the CFL just was looking for something very different. Well, I'll just speak from my perspective because I get questions about it all the time. And especially during COVID-19 and with no CFL season, a lot of fans are saying, well, you know, if we had a video game, we could still be immersed in Canadian football. And I'm a proponent of, well, without a season, the league could have gone in a new creative direction and had a video game tournament. I'm a big believer that a lot of people would have tuned in to watch, let's say, Bolivar Mitchell versus Cody Fajardo, and you could have had a playoff that way and kept the game in the headlines, although it might not necessarily be real and on the field. You'll be on the virtual field, and you know this space much better than I do, Dave. There's a lot of interest right now in video games and Twitch streaming mm -hmm. and the like where you can – get that younger crowd invested into the game. So I realize I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but if the CFL had a version of it out right now with you guys and their teams in it, do you think it would be exploding just based on the timing? Well, there is a group out West that's doing exactly what you're talking about. And, and they, uh, they do a lot of, they've taken the maximum football 19 last year's game and they, um, uh, they've put a lot of work into recreating the rosters in the game and then they simulate the game and they stream it out over Facebook and Twitter and, and, and that. And the last the Rod Peterson show, right? The Rod Peterson show. I, I didn't know if I was allowed to say his name on. Oh, on for sure. We're yeah. tight oh. with Roddy. For okay. Sure. So um, yes, the Rod Peterson show has been doing CFL sim for, uh, well, I think a, a month or two now they've taken last year's schedule and they're just playing it this year, but with maximum football and, and they're getting 20,000 views or more per game. And, and, you know, I, I know in the streaming world that not necessarily is a lot. Some, some streamers playing Fortnite get in the millions of views, but we're dealing with a very different demographic. We're dealing with a much smaller audience. We're dealing with a much smaller game. So, when, when I started seeing some of the numbers come back, uh, which they post on their Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, so it's all public, I was, I didn't know how I felt because I, was, I thought to myself, wow, here's, here's 20,000 people gathered around their computers to watch something that I've built. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is a little surreal, um, but it's also fun to see. Uh, and, and they've done a great job of, of growing that. And it's helped us because now we've seen little bumps in sales as well because they do a simulation game and people see it for the first time and go, what is that game? And then they, they spend their, 
they're they're 20 bucks and and they they buy the game and so it's helped us and and it's given them some content for their show there's with no cfl to talk about this is this is what they can talk about and and uh it is an experiment that they've taken on of their own accord and i think it's worked out i, I think what they've shown is that yeah there's a there's a there's a market and an appetite for this sort of thing Certainly, the Rod Peterson show version of their CFL Sim League is the 2019 game. Yes. Let's get to 2020 because I know you've been working hard behind the scenes along with Eric, of course. And from some of the clips that I've seen that Eric has sent over and in some of the teaser reels that you guys have put out there on social media, it, to be quite honest, looks like a completely different game. And I'm really curious to get my hands on it and see what it's like. So what are some of the changes that you've worked on in the past year? Well, one of the things that I did for 2020 was, uh, so the, the game is built with the Unity game engine. It's a, it's, it's a commercial piece of software that anybody can go and, and download and start creating games with. Uh, but because we're a commercial uh, organization, we pay a licensing fee and, and that sort of thing. But uh, one of the Unity uh, marketing uh, folks uh, that actually works out of Seattle got wind of the Maxima Football story, the same sort of thing that you were talking about, where, hey, there's this one guy in the basement, and now he's making a game that's on consoles, and, and you know, there's 20,000 people watching it on, on stream. And, and we... Uh, Connor is his name, and we started talking back and forth, and and in twenty uh, in February of twenty nineteen, we were able to bring a couple of Unity engineers actually into the studio, and and sit down and do a, a a sort of a performance audit of the game, and so these are two engineers that actually worked to build the actual game engine. So they are they are literally the best possible people I could have brought on into the studio. And we did a performance sweep of the game and, and they said, yeah, you got it really, really, really close, but there's a couple of little tweaks that you could make. And it, it, what it did is it took the game from running at 30 frames a second, doubled it to 60 frames a second. And then everything just became so much smoother. The animations are smoother. The physics works better. The, you know, the, 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 controller reaction is faster all these things just are are so much better because we made a few small tweaks to to the rendering pipeline and physics pipeline and things like that took advantage of some new features in the game engine and and a lot of what you see in the new trailers and the new clips are the result of of just a general performance improvement to the core engine of the game itself to allow the game to run at a higher uh, frame rates. Um, but beyond that, we also made changes to, I changed the code of how players um, run in the open field. Last year, one of the things that you would see a lot is a running back would go through the gap and then immediately just sort of crash into the linebacker that was waiting for him on the other side. Whereas now this year, the, the running back, the CPU running back, he will go through the line, he will go through the gap, but he's much smarter at trying to evade that linebacker now. So he's able to pick up those extra two or three yards um, rather than, and, and so the, the computer does a much better job against the human of moving the ball down the field. So 
for the human, it's more of a challenge because now you've got to keep up with the computer that's able to move the ball much better. So that's one of the things that I did. Uh, people in 2019, people were saying, well, the game, it's too easy to beat the computer because the computer is not as good as the person. Well, we've spent a lot of time to try and make the computer better. So now it's a little bit more of a challenge to try and keep up because the computer can move the ball so much better. Um, we, uh, we recreated an entire new animation system for receivers. So last year, kind of what would happen is the ball would just hit the player in the chest and it would be considered a catch. Um, whereas now this year, the receivers are properly putting their hands out. And by putting their hands out, they're able to catch the ball in stride and not have to stop and wait for the ball to hit them and then run. Um, they can, they can be, you know, just the ball will come over their shoulder and just sort of land in their bucket. Um, and, and so a lot of that is improved for both the, the user player and the computer player. Uh, the physics is a lot better this year. A lot of that has to do with the performance systems. Um, we've added a play designer. So if you're interested, you can, you can create a whole suite of your own plays, both offense and defense with uh, setting everything from motion, full motion to play action. Uh, you can set how the safeties work in the backfield on defense. You can set the defenders to line up on, on the different assignments coming in and out, uh, uh, outside in. Um, uh, we worked with a couple of different coaches to help tweak the defensive AI so that when you go into motion, the defense reacts accordingly and, and will either pick up or drop or carry on with, with receivers as they move around, depending on which side of the field they're on. So a lot of time was spent on the maximum football will always spend time on making sure that the football is correct as opposed to everything else. Uh, I would much, I think it's much more important for me to make sure that the football is correct than spending time on, you know, uh, uh, visuals. Uh, so we have the same player models as last year, but with some adjustments to lighting and some other little visual effects we've added, um, those, those, they may be the same assets, but they look better. So that's how many hours over the course of the year, Dave, do you think you put into, let's say the new version in 2020? Uh, well, it seems like there is just an endless list of tweaks and improvements that you could be making yeah i i've forgotten there there are things in the that we've added to the game this year that i've the list is so big i've actually forgotten some of them um <laughs> the i i for most of the development cycle i am literally in the office seven days a week uh i'm literally working seven days a week and i'm usually here you know seven thirty eight in the morning to seven thirty eight at night um and, and that's just how it is until launch. And then actually the real work starts. <laughs> so once the game is launched, then, then things get really busy. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've been doing uh, over the past few years to get these games to show the level of, of uh, improvement that you should be showing, that, a, that an actual sports title should be showing um, from year to year. Uh, we, we've, got, um, we've got next gen platforms releasing later in the year. So one of the, one of the requirements that we had to have was making sure that the game also worked on those next gen platforms. 
So it will be the same game. We just had to make sure that it all, they ran properly on those new, those new platforms. Um, so yeah, with, with new platforms coming along, that was some extra work tacked on top of us for, from, from Microsoft and Sony, um, along with the various new features and gameplay aspects that have been added. When you look back at where you started with the first line of code in 2005 to where the game has come in 2020, what stands out most to you? Uh, the last time I counted, there was just shy of 450,000 lines of code uh, that I wrote. What? <laughs> and I, and yes, I've, I've, I've literally, I, I run, there's a, there's a tool in Visual Studio that will tell you how big the project is. And so I, I ran that. Uh, one day uh, about a month ago just to see what it was and it came just shy of 450,000 lines of code. Um, so that is a number that stands out. But I think one of the things that jumps out at me is when I look back at say Canadian Football 17, which is the first game that Canuck Play launched, and then I look at 2020, um, I, I really wish I could have had in 17 what I've got in 20. I mean, it was, it was, there's such a tremendous difference in, in player movement and player visuals and physics and lighting and environments and, and customization and, and off field feature sets and, and all those things that are in 20 now. Um, I sort of wish they existed in 17, but then I also have to remind myself that, you know, everything is about taking steps. Uh, when I launched Canadian Football 17 in July of 2017, it wasn't about making a Madden competitor. It was about getting something on the market that would allow me to learn the process of going through certification on Microsoft and Sony. It was about getting something that would build the foundation for where we are now and where we're going to in the future. And, and it was about getting, because I bootstrapped it there, we have no angel investors. We have no venture capitalists. We are not getting any money from the government. I paid for this out of pocket to start. And, and it needed to start generating revenue in so that I could do things like spend money on motion capture. The first year of the game, there was no motion capture. The second year of the game had some revenue come in could add motion capture, so more animations for the players. Um, that we also uh, took all the player models out of the game, which I'd actually done, and they sort of looked like Lego minifigs, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I was able now. I had money to go and hire a three D modeler to redo the player models. So it was very much about progression and taking steps and growing and and going down a roadmap. But you have to start from somewhere. And the decision was made in the first couple of years of we need to make sure that we've got the football base correct and worry about the fancy visuals and all the glitz and the glamour and, and the cut scenes and the mouth guards and all that stuff later. Um, now we're getting to the point where the football is far enough along that it is actually simulating the real sport and, or at least it's doing the best approximation a video game can and now we're getting to the point where the games are generating enough revenue that I've been able to hire full-time staff to help um, 
we're growing the team going into 2021. We're focusing on now we can start looking at adding the really glitzy visuals and we can, I can hire somebody to come in and redo all the player models and things like that. So it's all about growing, but in order to get there, we need the support from the community and the people that get it and understand that you're not going to get a Madden killer in year one. It takes a decade because they've had 30 years, right? They've been building games since 95 or 96. So they've had around 30 years or so of continual development. I'm sure some of the code that's in 2021 existed two decades ago, but um, they've, they've, they've been able to grow with an NFL license. They've got a big partner beside them that's helping them grow their brand. Uh, we, last week, we signed an agreement with Football Canada. So we'll be, uh, later on in, in, in the year, we'll be incorporating Football Canada branding into the game. So that's going to help grow us in terms of uh, recognition and support in Canada. Um, and, and there are other partners that we are looking, that we're, that we're speaking to, that we want to bring on board in terms of league licensing and that sort of thing. Uh, we were very, very, very close to an XFL agreement with XFL 2. We had, we had prototypes. We, we, we were very deep in discussions with them. We were, we were talking percentages, and we were very happy with things progressing, and we were really looking forward to uh, XFL 2021. COVID kind of killed that whole thing. Um, so we, we are in a position now where we can start talking to these, these larger organizations and they're, they're taking it seriously because we've been around for a few years. We've been progressing. We've got a big fan base now. We're generating revenue, that sort of thing. But it all just takes time. Indeed. And for the motion capture, one interesting tidbit is that you actually had Canadian university football yes. players do that for you, right? Who were they and what school were they from? We brought in, uh, we brought in four players from McMaster, which is in Hamilton. And as, as far as I know, I might be wrong, but as far as I know, all four have been drafted by the CFL. Uh, at least three have, if not all four. And uh, yeah, they were our, our motion capture uh, athletes. We, we, had, uh, we had a line, we had two linemen and a receiver and a quarterback. And, and yeah, I believe it was Jacob Zott was the offensive lineman and yep. you had the quarterback, Austin Duick, and yep. a couple of others. Yeah. And, and uh, that we worked with a professional motion capture studio in Toronto. Um, and and we, we brought in brand new mocap for, for 2019. And we're, it's one of those things that I would never have been able to do because motion capture is extraordinarily expensive. Uh, you know, they, they literally charge by the minute. Uh, so, so yeah, it's very expensive. And we would not have been able to do that if it had not been for, for the football, the sim football community uh, getting behind the game and saying, yeah, these guys have a vision. We know that they can, you know, if we support them, they can grow and they can pull it off and they can give us the things that, that we've been asking for for years, whereas other titles completely ignore us. Um, and, and that's basically how we've been doing it. It's just, it's just going out to the community and saying, okay, well, well, what's next, you know, and, and we'll get, of course, 
thousands of suggestions. And, and then we, we sit down at the beginning of the year and we vet them. And I, and I look at all these things and I, the first thing I, I do is think to myself, well, what can I actually build? I mean, right, I'm still the lone developer, so what can I actually pull off this year? And, and we try things, and sometimes we try things that don't work, and, and we have to pull the pin on them. And then other things, like the play designer, uh, has been something I've been trying to get in the game for two or three years, uh, finally fit that into the schedule, and I think people are really gonna get a kick out of the play designer. Um, uh, and, and that's, that's kind of how we do it. We just, we just keep growing. And what's, what's funny is that we see, when I started this thing in 2017, everybody was a naysayer. It was just a gazillion of them. Hmm. And now they're few and far between because, you know, we haven't gone away, so. You got a Canadian game developed by a Canadian himself who loves Canadian football to me, it's just a recipe for success to spread coast to coast. Dave, you've been very gracious with your time, provided a lot of details that you know I don't think have been out there. So we appreciate for that. Is there anything else about the game, the 2020 version, the journey of it, any of your experiences that you want to get in before we say goodbye? Well, I, I'm not sure uh, there's anything about the experience. It just, it just sort of reiterating that you know these these are games that take a long time to build and and you know when you are when you're need when there's a when there's this knee-jerk reaction or to try and compare it to uh a game with a with an eight-figure budget and we're on a six-figure budget i you know you've you've got to kind of keep things in context they've had a lot of time to get where we are where they are and we've just sort of started the journey so we are making big strides. I mean, you just have to look at every year. You go back to 17, 18, 19, and now 20. You can really see the differences in, in the game improvements and the physics and all those things that you probably actually don't even see in other titles. You don't see that big change. So that is, as long as I think we keep doing that and we keep reaching out to the community and we've got a very active Discord and it's very active on social media, as long as we remember who put us here, I think, I think we've got some, some pretty cool things coming down the road. And clearly that's what you've done. As you said, you look at everything that people say and suggest in terms of potential additions to the game and add it in there. And really, I can say this, people can take it just like the Rod Peterson show has done and they can make the entire CFL. They can make those rosters. You can make the entire CIS or U sports. I remember when, I was a quarterback playing at the University of Guelph. One of my backups, Chris Rossetti, who was actually a scout now for the Miami Dolphins, literally created the entire CIS in NCAA football when it was going at the time. So you can take your game and do that and put any Canadian spin you want to on it. And for everyone across the country, the best part about it is it's three downs. It's our game, right? Yeah. And it's uh... – it's also half the cost of the other game too. So <laughs> it's also a lot cheaper. So there's that. That's right. Yeah. And obviously it drops on September 25th on yep. Xbox, PlayStation. You can go out and get it. And I can't imagine a more perfect time than during a pandemic when we're trying to 
keep ourselves away from the virus, to delve into it. Like I said, you can create the entire Canadian Football League. You can sim out the season, do all kinds of different things with what one Canadian, I think that needs to be specified, essentially one Canadian developer full-time on the game, Dave. When I first initially heard that fact, it just blew my mind. But I would imagine you're a guy that just sort of eat sleeps and breathes football and lives it every single day and that passion has been put into a video game yeah i've i've had people tell me i'm lying <laughs> i've literally had people say, oh, there's, no way. there's there's 10 people in the background that are all coding this uh, no i I've, I've literally had people not believe me that it's been one developer all this time and and it is uh football is a big passion of mine i mean my uh, you you i if you go home if it if I go home at Christmas time, there's a there's a Rough Riders Christmas tree. It's all green and white and decked out with the baubles and whatever else. And and it's, you know, I look at, I look at at Grey Cup as as I, I essentially take two holidays in the year: Remembrance Day and Grey Cup. Uh, so that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Is is just how I approach it. It's it is, it is just a big part of my life, and this is how I keep involved in it. Yeah, true Canadian fan and football fan. You put that into a video game. Dave, thanks so much for joining us, sharing all the details behind the game because I really feel like it brings a whole different perspective. So I'm real, real, real jacked up to get the controller in my hands and, you know, score some touchdowns and do all the fun things that you can in Canadian football. So hopefully you're happy with the product when it comes out in 2020 and we'll see where it goes in the future. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.